and welcome to Philly and the Over, a brand new Philadelphia-based sports gambling podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Joe Simonera. I'm joined by Shane Curran. Shane, tell us what's on tap for today. College football championship weekend, NFL week 13. All right, time to cash in. Joe, a rough one for you in college football last weekend, but guess Ugh, what? Tell me we about are it. heading into a brand new weekend for you to try again. So it's bound to happen at some point. I mean, six six wing weeks in a row. Uh, you'll you'll take that. You'll take that every single season. Um, that being said, there was uh, you know one one tough one, but but let's look to bounce back this week. Air let's... Force joins the ranks of teams I will never bet on <laughs> or against, no matter what side I am on Air Force. They screw me every single week. I should have learned my lesson. Didn't learn it. Had to sweat that game out, and it was it was terrible. Two and three week, not acceptable. We're going to bounce back, though. Yes, we are. And let's kick it off with the starting five. Number one on the starting five, Alu Fashanu, the offensive tackle for Penn State, did not declare for the 2023 NFL draft. Now, he was projected as a first-round pick, potentially as high as a top-10 pick, being within the top three offensive tackles available this year, along with the guy from Northwestern and from Ohio State. Now, this gives me some confidence that uh, Fashanu has in some of the younger classmen and and what Penn State's offense might look like next year under Drew Aller with Katron Allen, with Nick Singleton, with Parker Washington, with Theo Johnson, with Strange, just to name a few. What do you make of this? Well, Drew Aller just got a whole lot better because he's never going to have to worry about anyone getting near him on that blind side. Uh, for for Olufashanu, though, uh, you know, he he came to campus when he was 17 years old. He's only 19 years old now. So he I I firmly believe he would have been the first offensive lineman taken off the board because an NFL team can, you know, Jeff Statland gets a hold of him at 19 years old. Uh, this guy's potentially one of the best offensive linemen to ever live, you know, starting at 23 when he, when he starts playing. So he, he's got the skill set and everything, but he's young. He's very young. Um, and, you know, I, I think you always run the risk of an injury that could, it could absolutely, you know, just, just, just destroy your wallet. Uh, but I think I'm, I'm a little surprised in this day and age. But at the same time, he's so young, and like you said, I think that he says, "Well, I'm going to have a great quarterback, uh, and I have two just insane running backs. We're going to have a really good offense next year. We should have a really good defense next year, uh, despite you know Joey Porter Jr. declaring for the draft. Uh, so I think that he feels there's a real possibility of making a run at a national championship." Uh, next year. So, you know, it's it's awesome for Penn State. I, I can't imagine being in that position to make that kind of decision when you're 19 years old and, and you know, almost a, a guaranteed top top 10 or top 15 NFL draft pick, the kind of money you're, you're turning down to bet on yourself. But I'm, I'm certainly glad he did. And, and I think that your point's very well taken that, you know, this is going to be a really, really good team next year. We look at Penn State, they were unranked to start the season. People, I think, forget about that. Uh, I, and I don't necessarily think those you know, day one rankings are, are fair with, with a talent Penn State had. It didn't make a whole lot of sense. And I think they were like 27th or whatever in, in terms of uh, the AP top 25. But uh, to finish number eight, not bad. Not oh, bad. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that one. So nope. staying on on Fajano, I mean, the the one slant I heard, which was interesting because my first thought was, oh, man, this this kid should have taken the money, right? Like, I, I, I'm so happy that he's staying. But if he were to suffer a serious injury, and I'm, I'm sure he and his family have worked out some sort of insurance policy, but the one slant I heard was that 
this could just be some of the NIL money coming into play, right? He may have some guarantees that he's still going to get paid for from endorsements by playing next year. And that could have been, you know, an insurance policy for him to come back. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you don't really necessarily think that an offensive lineman is going to get a, a ton of, uh, a ton of money. But when you have this kind of buzz around you already, I think that, uh, you know, that could bounce out a little bit. I mean, you know, we had Shane McNichol on not too long ago talking college basketball and, and you know, he said the reason that Oscar Shibway is still at Kentucky and the reason Drew Timmy is still at Gonzaga is because they're making more than they would have as a rookie in the NBA. So, you know, I think that I think that there definitely is a, is a big part to that where, you, you know, even if you you, you do get hurt, you, you miss out on that that first round money, knock it on wood. Um, then I, I, I think that, you know, maybe you have a little bit of a safety net with with some of the NIL money coming in. And Penn State also has that like whatever it is that fun player fund or something that was started by a couple ex players. And um, I, I know that there's some money coming in from that. So yeah, there, there, that's, that's gotta be a big part of it, I think. Um, but whatever his reasoning, it's, it's really, really good news to have, uh, to have Olaf shining back. Number two on the starting five, Blake Corum, the running back for Michigan had a, a season ending knee surgery. Should Michigan be concerned about making the college football playoff, even if they beat Purdue? Uh, based on this news, uh, no, I mean they're definitely they're definitely in the in the playoff. I think that's that's a lock. Are they going to win the national championship without Blake Corum? That I don't know. I mean they only had him for like two carries for six yards or something against Ohio State. <laughs> you know they, they they still ran the ball really well. Um, when you watch Ohio State though, or I'm sorry, when you watch Michigan play, and I said this, yeah, if they played Penn State. They don't miss assignments. Every single person on the offensive side of the ball knows exactly what to do every single time. Like, and and they they have a lot of talent and a, a lot of good. They have a lot of good offensive linemen. They can really block, but they never they never miss a guy. They're always just just right on the money every single play. It feels like so that's why they had success running the ball against Ohio State. That's why they had success running the ball against Penn State. You know they had Quorum, of course in that game, but um, yeah, I, you know I I don't. Man, it it felt like such a huge blow to not have him against Ohio State. But then you see them play, and you're like, well, I mean, you know, they have other guys who can run the football. Apparently, so you know, I think it hurts, and it, it certainly might might hamper your chances at a national championship. Um, I do think they're going to beat Purdue. However, uh, the last the last three times Purdue has played a top three team in the country, they beat them. So. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so it could be interesting. And and right now, lines at seventeen, but we can we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Um, it, it it doesn't hurt them, I don't think. I think they're going to win the Big Ten championship. Uh, I think they'll they'll most likely be be that two seed unless Georgia loses um, in the SEC title game. But uh, yeah, I think that not having your your arguably best player does does hurt your chances of winning winning the national championship. Number three on the starting five, does the remainder? So we talked about Michigan at number two. Does the remainder of the top four, that being Georgia number one, TCU number three, and USC number four, remain unchanged? That being said, Georgia is a significant favorite uh, in the championship against LSU at 17 and a half. TCU and USC are, are closer games. They're both favorite. Uh, TCU by two against Kansas State and USC by three against Utah. Aside from just shuffling within the top four, do those four teams, are those the four teams that make the college football playoff? No. No. I... I, I think I look. I, I Utah is another team that I don't touch, but I think they're going to beat USC, and and I think USC is better than TCU. 
I made a fool of myself on national radio last weekend saying that TCU was going to, uh, was not going to cover eight and a half or something against Iowa state. They beat them by about a thousand. Um, <laughs> I look at this game and I, I do like, I do like what Kansas state has been, has been doing. Uh, Will Howard, a quarterback played extremely well against, uh, against Kansas to beat them. But I think that TCU is just rolling. I, and I think they're going to win. And I even think if TCU, if TCU loses and they're 12 and one, I think they stay in. I think that if USC loses uh, to Utah, I, I I think Ohio State sneaks in. And I don't want that. I, I would prefer Ohio State getting in there instead of TCU because that sets up some really interesting games. If you had Georgia playing Ohio State, the 1-4 match, and then you had Michigan playing playing USC in the 2-3, that would be just an insane night of football. Um, my, my fear that'd is that... would also be a great preview for when USC ultimately, USC ultimately yeah. joins the Big Ten. Yeah. It can yeah. Ignite, yeah. ignite a rivalry. Yeah, so... Uh, I I think that I got I, I don't know why it's just a total gut, but I think that that Utah pulls pulls one out of the bag and and beats USC. Um, and uh, you know when when we talk about you know we talk about Utah, it's, it's really all about Cam Rising, their their quarterback, and and he's extremely talented. He's a California guy. I think there's always a little bit of extra something there when you're when you're playing your you know your home state team that that maybe didn't recruit you as as hard as you would have liked. So. Um, I, I just think that, that Ohio State finds a way in it as a five seed. Um, it will be Ohio State, right? Alabama's got no no chance. If yeah, it has to be Ohio something State. Something happens, it has to be. Yeah. yeah. So I think it'll be Ohio State in there. Number four on the starting five, the AAC championship will not include Temple this year, but it does <laughs> include UCF and Tulane. From my perspective, this is the most boring matchup of the conference football uh, championship matchups. Any interest in this matchup at all? I have, I do have interest in it because I, you know, there's, there's been a lot of talk of, um, and, and this is as of like today, they're saying that, um, Penn State could potentially be the representative in the Rose Bowl. So it would be interesting. So, so let's say that USC beats Utah, which I don't think is going to happen. You would probably be looking at a, at, oh, I'm sorry. You would probably be looking at a, uh, at a, uh, probably a Washington Penn State Rose Bowl. If they put Penn State and maybe maybe Utah, um, he gets in there as well. But I, I don't know that that's necessarily the, the way they would they would take it. So the other the other reason I bring any of that up is because if they put Ohio State in the in the Rose Bowl, Penn State would probably be playing in like the Cotton Bowl, and he's, uh, Tulane would be would be probably the team that would face, which just sounds like the stupidest matchup. Uh, <laughs> matchup ever but but Tulane scores a lot of points they have you know they have a pretty good quarterback um they have really uh really a strong running back in um uh uh, uh Ty J Spears so you know I think that there's there's potential that um Penn State does end up playing Tulane that could be an interesting game I mean Tulane's you know they, they, they've beat teams pretty good when they beat them and they've you know they lost to some good teams and that's sort of how it is with uh with, with uh with Penn State um UCF actually beat Tulane a couple weeks ago, so there could be a little bit of revenge factor there too. Uh, but no, it's not a game I'm really circling other than it's a potential opponent for Penn State. Number five on the starting five, we're sticking with Penn State. Penn State finished the season with their most regular season win since 2019. They also finished number eight overall, uh, which is the highest they've been since they won the Big Ten in 2016 and finished number five. All of that being said, this seems like an, just another blah season, right? They 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 didn't make the college football playoff. They're one of the first teams out. It's a huge improvement from where they've been the past 
few years. And to finish number eight, you know, there's only seven schools that, you know, really finish better across the entire college football landscape. That being said, what do you make of this season? Yeah, they won one more game than you and I thought they were going to win. Um, it's basically what it is. I mean, go back to the very first episode I think we ever recorded of, the, of this podcast, and we talked about it. And we said, you know, Penn State's uh, the total was eight and a half. We both took over, and we both figured they're going to lose to Ohio State, they're going to lose to Michigan, and then they're probably going to drop one to, you know, uh, Auburn, Minnesota, maybe even that came to Purdue. Um, and they didn't. So that, that's a that's a good thing. Uh, the the anticipation I have for next season though is is through the roof because we saw the arm talent from Drew Aller. He can make big throws. He's got just an absolute cannon of an arm. It, it, he looks like a different quarterback than we've seen. Even like, you know, McSorley was was one of these kind of undersized guys who real gunslinger type, and he was fun to watch. And and Clifford, you know, was your pocket passer who uh, maybe a little bit more athletic than people give credit for. Um, but when we saw the flashes of Aller, he just looks like a different animal. He's, you know, 6'5", 240, and he, and he throws the ball like, you know, like he's Justin Verlander throwing a baseball. So it's it's going to be awesome to see him next year. So that's something I'm really looking forward to. But the other the other thing that jumped out from this season was you kind of expected Nick Singleton to, you know, I think it'd be fair to say that you expected him to win the Big Ten freshman of the year just because he was the Gatorade National Player of the Year in high school last year. Uh, he was the top running back in his class, so he came in, wins that award, great season. Katron Allen, there was a lot of buzz around him, like, hey, no one's talking about this guy, uh, but it got to a point where everyone was talking about him because no one was talking about him, and then he comes and he shows out, and he has a great freshman year. The biggest surprise, though, is Abdul Carter. I just saw uh, Pro Football Focus put out their, their all-freshman you know, defensive team for, for college football, Abdul Carter's in there as, as linebacker. Uh, I mean, you can't compare anyone to Michael Parsons, uh, but man, this guy's going to be really, really good. So I think that you have a lot to be excited about. And then not, not even just a freshman class, you know, you had a Kalen King starting opposite Joey Porter Jr. Corner this year, his first, you know, starting, he's a sophomore, but started the season, um, played every game. And man, that guy looks like a shutdown corner if there ever was one. So I think that there was a lot of, you know, individual uh achievement that really made this Penn State season you know more exciting than hey yeah we 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 won 10 games but you lost the only important games and you you know you're gonna play in a ball game that doesn't mean anything and you know you'll go from there but I just think that the individual performances from the freshmen and and then some of the younger guys Olu Olu you know Shadow came out of nowhere really for for a lot of people so um I think that those things are really what what made this season uh you know a little bit more special than MTI a little bit more exciting and, and more enjoyable to watch um because going in I, I you know I didn't think they're going to beat Michigan or Ohio State and you know you're upset when they when they lose those games but I think there's a lot to be excited for and you know everyone always says hey it's always next year when it's when it's Penn State but this time this time I, I think there might be some truth to it I think the next year might be a a really special year Starting five. Place your bets. All right, Shane. Not my week in college, but you and I both had a pretty good weeks in the NFL. We both went three and two last week. Let's try to keep that going uh, as we move into, God, what week is it? Week 14 in the NFL? 13. Week 13. Man, long season. I love this week. There's a lot. Well, we're actually oh, two, there's, two there's some interesting through. lines on here. There, there's some good lines, and, and there's more oh, yeah. than five that I like. I, I did narrow it down to five, but I, I will be betting probably seven or eight games this week. Oh, uh, there's there's some interesting lines, yeah. All right, let's start though with the with the home team, Tennessee Titans at Eagles Sunday one o'clock. Eagles are four and a half point favorites at home. Shane, do you have a play? Lock it up. Give me the birds. Really? 
Yeah. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm waiting to bet this game because I actually think this is going to get down to about three and a half. I think that's probably where the line should be. And I think it's going to get down to that number. So I'm yep. going to wait to bet this, try and get it at three and a half, even four. But I'm confident that the Eagles are going to cover this week. Now, why am I confident? So both the public and the Sharps are on the Titans this week. Right now, they're getting 81% of the bets and 93% of the money. Only 7% of the money is on the Eagles this week. Everyone's in agreement that the Titans are going to come in and not just win, but upset the Eagles. Now, why do I like the Eagles, right? I think this is the biggest test for the Birds so far this year. I think if you look across their calendar, uh, the AFC has performed much better than the NFC. From top to bottom, those teams in the middle of the pack in the AFC are better than most of the teams in the NFC. I think the Eagles and the 49ers are the two exceptions there. Now, A.J. Brown is getting that revenge game, right? He's going to set the tone. This game is going to just be a battle of the trenches. The Titans lead the league in defensive rushing uh, yards against the run. Uh, the Eagles offensive line, you saw what they did last week. It's going to be a battle in the trenches. I think having a guy like A.J. Brown on the outside is going to add fuel to that fire. I think they're going to target him early and often. Uh, I also think that the the way this line was set, right? I think it opened up at minus seven. That indicates something to me because everyone's coming in and betting that down. Typically, Vegas isn't that off, right? I think this line is going to drop to about like I said, three and a half or four, they're typically not that off by three points or three and a half, which makes me think, okay, why did they open the line at, at minus seven? I think Jordan Davis is going to play in that game. He was activated with the eligibility. He can be, um, uh, signed back on to, to return this week as early as this week. Now, I don't think that he will play the entire game, but you get a guy like that in there on first down when you know the Titans like to run the ball with Henry, you try and take away one of those downs. I think that the the Eagles are, are going to try and make a statement this week. Um, they've had a few down weeks the past three weeks. I think they're going to make a statement and win this game. I the reason that I think that that the Sharps are on on Tennessee is the injury to the CJ Gardner Johnson who, who won't be playing. And I think you're turning into a typical Philadelphia dad who sees a white free safety and just dives all over uh Reed blank and ship. <laughs> he, every, like he had that pick and every single, everyone on Twitter was just like, he's now the Northeast Philadelphia father's favorite Eagle of all time. <laughs> yeah. Cause he just has that, that profile. But uh, you know, you mentioned how good the Titans are against, against the run. Uh, let's go through some of the quarterbacks that, that they faced. Uh, Daniel Jones, Josh Allen, Derek Carr, Matt Ryan. Uh, I don't know if it was Carson Wentz or Heineke. The time doesn't really matter. Matt Ryan again, Davis Mills, Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Barrow. So not exactly uh, traditional rushing quarterbacks. Obviously, Josh Allen has some legs. Barrow has you know some legs. Nothing like Jalen Hurts. So and you saw what he did against. Uh, you saw what he did against the Packers, and a lot of that is credit to the offensive line. Um, and they really, you know, they, they faced the Colts offensive line twice, which has been a little bit disappointing this year. So I, I just, you know, I think the Titans do have a solid run defense, but I think this is a different animal altogether. That they're going to have to deal with in, in the Eagles offensive line and, and Jalen Hurts. I, I'm not saying, you know, start Miles Sanders in your fantasy leagues or anything like that. But I just think that when you add that threat of a rushing quarterback, that that does something. Um, I'm staying away from it because I am worried about the injuries. I, you know, I. Like you said, Jordan Davis can play. I don't know what he's going to do. Uh, uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, that that injury hurts. So I'm, I'm going to stay away from it. But I, I can I can understand where you're coming from and uh, and you analyze that very well. All right, game two: Jets at Vikings. The Vikings are minus three at home. Do you have a play? I know you do. I do not. Oh wow! I, I feel like you're you're on the Vikings I, every single I, week. I, I oh my god. 
I know. I, I was very, very, very close to playing this, but there's another team I'm on every week that I would like a little bit more. So we'll, okay. we'll get we'll get to that in a second. So or, or when I first started breaking down these games, I like the Jets too. By the way, I, I actually had the Jets in here, and then as I start to realize all, all the other games, um, I, I took them out. They were one of the first ones out, but I will be banging the Jets. You know, the the Jets really um, rallied around uh, what's his name, Mike White, yeah. last week after that win. They're throwing shade at, at Wilson yeah. uh, based on how much Mike White is a is a, a team player. That being said. It's only his second road start in the NFL, and he's going up to a Vikings stadium that they are loud, right? With yep. the skull chant, they mm-hmm. can get in your head. I I, I don't think that I, I think all he needs to do is sort of limit their mistakes. They're, the Jets team really is running on that defense and and what um Robert Chala has 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 built there. Uh they were one of my first teams out, but um I, I like the Jets this week. You locking them up? No. No, I will okay. Not. All right. Uh, Broncos at Ravens. The Ravens are minus eight and a half, and this is not the team that I, I like every week. That I, I bet I'm staying away from this game. Just, I, I just the Ravens just killed me last week. Well, PTSD from last just, week, just absolutely Ooh, killed that me. That was one of the head heads. That was sweet. Yeah, that, that was, was brutal. Sweet. That was brutal for me because you knew they were going for two. Oh, like yeah. they had all the momentum. So they just why not? Yeah. So you knew that was happening. You weren't even going to get that crack at overtime. But uh, now I'm staying away from this. I, I, you know, I hate the Broncos and and the Ravens. I just I just can't do it this week. Yeah, the, the right side of this, I, I think the number tells you to to take the Broncos, right? The, mm-hmm. the Ravens haven't been able to blow anyone out, but I, I can't yeah. put any money behind that that uh, Broncos offense. I'm out. All right. My first play of the week. Browns at Texans. Texans are plus seven at home. Give me the Texans. Give me the Texans. Do tell. Deshaun Watson's playing quarterback for, for the Browns this week. It's his first game in 700 days. 700 days. Yeah, this is not riding a bike. This is playing quarterback in the NFL. So I, I, I just cannot, cannot bet on a quarterback. I can't lay seven points with a guy who hasn't played in three years, two years. Yeah, I, I hear you. I can't do it. I just can't. That's that's uh, really yeah. it. I mean, Texans. I I like that. I'll, yeah. I'll probably end up being on as well. I, um, I, I just can't I, do I, it. I, I've been burned by the Texans the past few weeks, so I still I'm yeah. staying away. I shouldn't. I should just go with what the numbers tell me. But uh, I, I, I like this bet for you. I couldn't believe how I, I just couldn't believe how how big that line was for this guy's first game back. All right, Commanders at Giants. The Giants are two and a half point underdogs at home. Smells a little fishy to me. I'm taking the commanders. Lock it up. Minus two. I, I will not I, be locking this one up. I, I understand. Like, I, I understand this to some degree. They're not evenly matched teams on paper, I don't think. And if you ask me who the better team was, I would say the Giants are the better football team. They're banged up. They, they might be That's the true. most banged up team in, in the That's NFL. True. That's probably the, what this is an indication of. But I mean, the commanders... So they, they've been hot. They've won six of their past seven games. The Giants, they yeah. started off really hot, but they've lost three of their past four games. And, you know, they lost some bad teams. They, you know, they they barely beat, they squeaked out a win. Their one win there was against the Texans. So I think just the home divisional dog, I was really close to take the Giants in this game. Yeah. Um, Jones is profitable as a division underdog. He's 8-3 against the spread, 73%. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I can't blame you in this one. All right. Uh, moving on to the Steelers at the Falcons. The Falcons are minus one at home against the Steelers. I don't know what to make of this. I have just no idea what to make of this game. Oh, I do. I'm locking it up. Yeah, all right. Give me some stats. Who do you got? Give me Pittsburgh. Okay. Why do Atlanta, 
is not the same team that they were no, the they first are not. seven weeks of the season. <laughs> they when covered they every week. <laughs> covering every week for me. Um, I've I fallen off, off them, and, and Pittsburgh's been playing well, right? I think making that change to go with Kenny Pickett was probably the right call when they did, just because he's getting some valuable experience and he's learning from that. So the the biggest thing in this game isn't Kenny Pickett. It is having TJ Watt back. This guy yeah. is so good on defense. He won defense player of the year last year. He is, uh, it's their, the, right now Pittsburgh is fourth in stopping the run over the past three games since he's returned. What does Atlanta like to do? They like to run the ball. I don't trust Mariota passing the ball. They don't have Pitts, which is arguably the best receiver. Uh, so if you can't run the ball against against a team like Pittsburgh, I think it's I think they're not going to be able to put up as many points as they have been earlier in the year. So I think some of those points per game numbers are deceiving. Give me Pittsburgh in this game. Yeah, I, I can I can I can get on board with that. And possibly when we get to uh, to game day, I will I will look at the Steelers. That line still they're getting points. Uh, but there's a little couple games I like uh, like a little bit better, like this one, for example, Jacksonville at Detroit, Jacksonville minus one. I'm getting on the Jags after they burned me last week. Uh, I'm, I'm on the Jags. Give, give me the Jags minus one uh, going into Detroit. Uh, you are chasing it, aren't you? I, I am. I, you know, I think that I, I really do think that 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 game. Should, look, they are not the most talented team in the NFL, but they can win games. And, and I just think this is a game they're going to win. I, I just think that they like. It's basically a pick them. And if you're saying, all right, who are you taking? I'm, I'm going to say Jacksonville is better than Detroit just because Detroit is, I mean, they, they're, they you know, they're losing four games in a row. Then they're almost beating the Bills on Thanksgiving. It's just, they're just a weird team. Uh, I, 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 I can't, I can't take them. I have to take Jacksonville uh, to show my respect from what they did to me last week. So Jaguars minus one at Detroit. Yeah, I, I'm not locking this one up. I actually lean Detroit in this game just because the Jags have not been good on the road, right? They they had that one big win against who was it, the Chargers early in the year where they they beat them by 21 points or something yep. like that. But they also lose to teams like the Texans. So yeah, I just I I don't think I can trust them two weeks in a row. Um, I also like Detroit a lot better at home. They're averaging 12 more points per game at home than they are on the road. Uh, I think this could actually be a high-scoring game, though, so might look for some some prop bets or, or some live bets in this game. Yeah, total there is 51 right now, so it looks like it will be pretty high-scoring. All right, next game, Packers at Bears. Uh, the Bears are plus 3.5 at home. I got nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm staying away. I would I would lean toward the Packers. Uh, just we'll see what happens with their quarterback situation. But if you think about the the Packers didn't play that bad last week. All things oh. considered, they put yep. up what 33 points on yep. the Eagles. I think they should be able to shred that um, Chicago defense, regardless of who's that quarterback. Yeah. Uh, and I just I don't think Trevor Sibian has enough um in the arsenal on offense to to do anything. Um, so I, I, I lean Packers in that game, but I'm, I'm not going to lock it up. What was there? What happened there last week? I don't know if it was just like people on the internet playing a joke. No, no. Samin got hurt during, during warmups. Warm they, they actually and they announced Nathan that he Peterman was not going to be play. playing and Peterman yeah. would. Yeah. And then, um, wow. as they took the field, uh, the PR came out, like, as he was like running onto the field saying like, no, 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 no. Like Simeon might still play. Wow. Wow. I, I, I'm glad I didn't play that game last week because I would have been furious. All right. Uh, Dolphins at Niners. The Niners are minus four at home. Uh, this will be a really good game to watch, I think. Uh, I don't have a play on it, though. Yeah, this is going to be the second best game of the week. 
uh, I have the Dolphins at plus four. I think both of these teams are really good. I've been yeah. oh, praising yeah. the 49ers for the past three or four weeks now. Uh, the Dolphins, I think, are a, a little more under the radar at this point. Um, you know, they started off the year being the the top story for about four or five weeks, but ultimately, I just think they are a good football team. Yeah. I think both of these teams are playoff teams, and to get four points in a matchup, I think this is closer to a coin flip. So I'm just going to take the points. Yeah, that's that's the way I would I would lean as well. All right, disgusting game here. Uh, Seahawks at Rams. The Rams are seven point favorites at home. Nothing. Uh, not even even for for a, a known Seahawk lover like myself, that seven's <laughs> a little a little much for me. Yeah. All right, nothing there. All right, I assume this is what you're referring to as the best game of the week. We have the Chiefs at the Bengals. The Bengals are plus one and a half at home. Shane, do you have a play? No, I'm just going to sit back. I'm going to enjoy it, and I'm going to live bet whoever goes down double digits. I'm not. I'm taking the Bengals. Um, this has been, you know, and I, 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 I said this going into Thanksgiving, uh, and look, we got extremely lucky. The Giants scored that garbage touchdown with like basically no time left to cover uh, on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys. But I said going into that game, everyone just talked about the Cowboys. Like, all right, they won the Super Bowl. Season's over, and you know they they, they didn't even cover the next game. I think that's how we're getting with the Chiefs right now. Where and it's a different thing because Mahomes has been there, Andy Reid's been there, obviously. But it seems like like they're the team this week where it's just all right. They won the Super Bowl. It's over. Forget about the Eagles. Or you know the Eagles are like fourth best odds to win the Super Bowl, and they have the most. It's just weird. But uh, I, I just think it's all right. Mahomes is already locked up the MVP. They're, they're, they're certainly coming out of the AFC and they'll probably win the Super Bowl. I can't buy into it. I think there's a little bit too much hype there. And this is when the Bengals peak. This is absolutely when they peak. And I think the Bengals win this game outright. It's only plus 115, though, uh, if, you, if you want to take them outright. So um, I might look at that, but I'm going to take that one and a half. I think it's a really close game, but I think the Bengals can win this game outright. Yeah, if you think about their matchup in the playoffs last year, I, I think you know Mahomes as a short uh, favorite has been... I forget the exact number. It was somewhere high 60, 70 percent uh, win percentage uh, when he's a high favorites, when you typically tend to fade him. But in this type of game, the Bengals had the first off, they did whatever they want with the receivers against the the chief secondary. And regardless if Chase suits up or not, I think Higgins and Boyd are going to have a similar type of day. I think they're just it's going to be a shootout. That's that's yeah, that, that's, that's the one thing I didn't I didn't I didn't mention. I think that, you know, Chase is is. Uh, you know, obviously great talent, but even if he doesn't play, I do think there's enough weapons there where, where they can yeah. spread the ball around. Yeah. I think Mixon, he, he looks questionable. So I think he's going to end up shooting good. Yeah. Yeah. I think ultimately, if you think about the, the chiefs, so they, they lost to the Bengals in the playoffs and the Bengals had a strategy to beat them. I think the chiefs are, have analyzed that game and have been preparing for that game probably sure. for, for some time just to figure out like, okay, how some beat us, how do we overcome that? So it should be interesting to see how they respond to that. Um, that being said, you know, I, I can't blame you for taking either side in this one. All right. Chargers at Raiders. The Raiders are minus one. I am locking up the Raiders. I think that's you a great know, bet. I thought the Chargers were a good team, but now I don't think so. Now, now I'm not so sure. Uh, you know, I, 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 I like, they seem to be winning a lot of games. I don't know. I don't know what they're, they are against a spread, but I feel like, I feel like the Raiders have showed me enough in the last couple of weeks. To say, all right, like I can, I can trust Raiders against, against the chargers in, the, in this spot to win the game lines. Also, you know, I, I didn't think that they would be, uh, I, I didn't think that they would be favored to win the game, but, but here we are. Yeah. The Raiders 
I don't think their record indicates how talented they actually are. I think they they made some some poor mistakes early in the season yeah. that cost them a few games. Um, I'm I'm on I'm on this. I already bet the the Raiders in this one. Um, I'm not locking it up because I have, I have some others that I like. However, this is the biggest differential of the week. So yeah, fifty percent split right now between the Chargers and Raiders in terms of tickets coming in on each team. However, eighty six percent of the money is on the Raiders. So I think you have the sharps uh, on the same side as you, which is always a great side to be on. All right. Sunday night football, Colts and Cowboys. Cowboys are uh, minus 10 and a half. I was very close locking this one up. I, I ultimately decided against it. Shane, do you have a play? Yeah, give me the Colts. Yeah, that's where it's going to be. It, it's yeah. just a, it's a huge number, right? I think the Colts since Saturday took over have a little more light to them. And 10 and a half just seems like it's a big number for... I don't think there's that big of a gap, right? Ten and a half indicates it's one of the better teams versus one of the worst teams. I don't know if the Cowboys are one of the better teams in the NFL, and I don't know if the Colts are, are one of the the worst. So I think that that gap is a little closer than than this number indicates. So I'm just going to take the points, especially with the with the hook there. Um, give me give me ten and a half. All right, we got some uh, breaking news actually right now on the baseball front. Uh, Zach Eflin and the Tampa Bay Rays agree to a three-year, $40 million contract pending physical. So the Phillies uh, most likely will not have Zach Eflin come out of the bullpen next year. He'll be in the Rays starting rotation, I would assume. Uh, we can talk more about that as we get closer to uh, uh, to spring training, which actually isn't that far away. All right, our last game, Monday Night Football. Saints at Buccaneers. The Bucks are minus four. Man, this is another game I really wanted to take. Uh, I gave all my locks already, though, so I don't have one on this, but... Uh, uh, you know, come Monday, we're going to say I did on Sunday, and there might be uh, might be some money going down on one of these teams. Shane, you're smiling. Got anything? Yeah, this is my fifth lock. Give me the Saints. I, I got a plus four. Uh, the Bucks. Neither of these teams are good. Now, no. the Bucks. You saw that collapse. Just it's it's unbrady like in in every single regard. Yeah, he's he's not playing well this season, and it's you know they lost that game going to overtime. They ended up losing one of their best players probably besides Brady, right? Werfs is is one of the best yeah, tackles in the entire yep, game. Yep. And he got injured in overtime because they couldn't close it out in regulation. So you lose him. Antoine Winfield Jr., he might not be back either. Uh, so you have one of your best offensive players, one of your best defensive players, uh, both out of this game. And Brady's old. This is a primetime game. This dude, like, he doesn't stay up late. And yeah, this is bedtime, this an, right? <laughs> yeah, it's an 8.30 game. Uh, against a team that's typically pay, played very well against him since he's moved to to Tampa. So yeah. give me the Saints plus four, and you know it's a divisional game. Also, the Saints last week against San Fran, they put up a goose egg. I don't see that happening again. Grant, they fumbled the ball at the one-yard line. They had missed field goals. I, I just don't see that happening. They're going to score this week, and uh, I think the, the plus four in a, a game with two bad teams, I'll, I'll take the points. Yeah, it, it's, it's very tempting for me to take the Saints as well. Uh, so we'll see uh, come Monday night. Those are our locks. Uh, let's recap real quick. I am on the Texans plus seven at home against the Browns. The Commanders minus two and a half at the Giants. The Jags minus one at the Lions. The Bengals plus one and a half at home versus the Chiefs. And the Raiders minus one at home versus the Chargers. My five include the Finns plus four at the 49ers. The Colts plus ten and a half at the Cowboys. The Saints plus four versus the Bucks, the uh, Steelers as a pick'em versus Atlanta, and I have the Eagles minus four and a half against the Titans. Those are our NFL locks uh, for college uh, championship week locks. I'm going to go into the lab tonight, and I'll be putting them out on Twitter 
at Philly Overs. Go give us a follow. You'll get those locks either tonight or tomorrow morning, uh, certainly in time for the Friday night kickoff. So, uh, again, at Philly Overs for those college championship weekend locks. Place your bets. For Joe Simonera, I'm Shane Curran. That's all for today's show. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Remember, rate, review, subscribe, and always bet on yourself. Philly and the Over is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe?